I'm Joshua Best. I'm Jacob King. And this is Somebody, Somebody Else's, Else's Favorite Songs. Casual popular music discussion spanning the past 70 years. We talk about the music you love. And the music you should know that you may not. I'm PG, and you are listening to episode 35, Why You Should Love Robert Tolkien. my version of hello there. That's exactly right. We are back in the studio with a special guest this time. You've heard his voice before in outtake format, but in the studio with us now is Henry. Hi, Henry. Hi, Henry. It's good to be here on the boat tonight. (laughs) That's an inside (laughs) reference. (laughs) Uh, You may know uh, from previous discussions that Henry is the oldest son of my friend the lizard and we did a we did an episode that is one of our lost episodes with Henry via the magic of the internets and the webs and all those good things and the raw recording did not transfer for much of my talking and so there were big gaps long story short we didn't get to use it and it was disappointing because it was a fun episode but it it is one that is lost to to lore and legend at this point so we wanted to bring him in tremendous technical difficulties and i'm upset that we couldn't it was good and what it showed was that we have uh, a young guy like henry who is able to uh, speak more eloquently than both of us at times and has a lot of good things to say about music, uh, considering that Henry is seventeen. Uh, Sixteen, but but don't overhype me now. <laughs> Sixteen or seventeen, I wasn't sure. No, no, no. <laughs> that was his way of saying, "You're pretty well spoken for someone who's 16. <laughs> <laughs> you you surprised me very much. Well, now I'm set up to fail. Uh, that's what we do. Yeah. We're so good at we, failing, we, we <laughs> set up other people to do the same. <laughs> So what we wanted to do, and it will it will bring, I think, a, a fun perspective on, on a topic that we're all readily willing to talk about and probably didn't need just a whole lot of, of uh, preparation time for, but one that, that will come from cl- slightly different perspectives. Uh, mine will be largely contemporaneous um, and... Uh, Jacob's is a little more after the fact, but caught up really quick. And Henry's is, I don't know life without this artist. It's another, uh, it's another why you should love episode. This is number four in our little series, and we're both excited and a little bit saddened to be to be doing it because earlier this year, the beginning of the year, the legendary Robert Earl Keane announced that he would quit touring as of September of this year. Uh, nothing wrong with him. Everything is good. He just decided he wanted to go out while he still loved it and not do like he had seen other people just kind of waste away on stage. 
I don't know if that's an open willy reference or not, but I also certainly, don't. Certainly could be. I also don't know that I should use the phrase "open willy" in a podcast, but I did. So there you go. He's only sixty-six, Robert Rocky. Yes. So he's not all that old, but I think he's you know he's doing what you know what he wants to do and what he feels is best for him. Better to burn out than fade away. So I th- go out on top like Seinfeld. At the time of recording, it is July fourth, and uh, we are imminently going to a concert of his on his last tour. And so we felt that it was a as good a time as ever to talk about one of our favorite artists. Yeah, so uh, for those of you, I know a lot of you know who Robert Earl Keane is, and some of you are, are huge, huge fans, as, as we are. Um, <clears throat> but for those of you who are less familiar with his work, Robert Earl Keane is from Houston and went to Texas A&M University, where he graduated with a literature degree, I think. English literature? Um, English literature, maybe, uh, in about 1978. And while he was there, he met some very important people, um, one of which was his one-time roommate, Lyle Lovett. And by 1984, he had released his first uh, album on a small label here in Texas. Uh, that that album was called No Kind of Dancer. And up through... Even today, he's been making music in Texas ever since, and is, in in no, in no uncertain terms, an absolute legend in this state. And not only in in this state, but regularly sells out shows all over the country. Yes, and has played across the world. I imagine he has, and has a a good strong following in many, many, many places. We're talking about a guy who has made his living just touring and touring and touring. And getting people to know him, and putting out putting out music mostly independently, and just grinding, a lot like we've seen with the previous episode, we talked about Jesse Dayton as well, another it, Texas musician. Yeah, it's amazing because his he's sort of created the blueprint for, and if you remember our Texas country episode, we kind of talked about that. He's kind of the grandfather of the alt country, Texas Americana, Red Dirt, all that stuff. He is sort of the granddaddy, and he kind of wrote the playbook for how to be a touring musician, largely in Texas, but also to grab that following in other places. A lot of people have him to thank for successful careers in music around the state. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) So am I I going to just keep giving background information? (laughs) Well, Any background information you would like to add? I would just like to say that he is another artist that I was showed by Sarah and ultimately came from Josh. It, I, my exposure to him was the album Number Two Live Dinner. I believe that was from 1994 or 6? Six. 1996. And that was the first thing I, I really heard of his, and, and from there I just went on to, to just devour everything he's ever recorded. And that, that was my introduction to him. And for you, Henry, it was all your life. Well, yeah, it was really, yeah, the, all my life. The, before I knew who, like, who he was, I do have very, very early memories of, you know, Everybody just kind of, maybe after we played 42 or something, 
everybody's sitting around, the guitar has been brought out, and Robert O'Keefe was probably the person they played the most. And there was lots of, lots of, uh, you know, maybe not even the, the hits, hits that he had, so to speak, but just any, any song that uh, my dad thought was fun to play or fun to sing or that he liked, he pretty much, it, if he wasn't playing it, it was on in the house somewhere. And uh, I, when um, pretty recently, it's been a few years, when they've, they've started re-releasing some of the, the releases that weren't on uh, vinyl originally, my dad has gone back and gotten pretty much all of them. And, and even when I was growing up, like real, not real little, but probably five, six and, and then on, he's released a few albums and we've gotten the albums and the CDs both. And um, I've worn both of them out, you know. And so I've got kind of a, a different perspective. I can tell you the first album the whole album that I listened to was No Kind of Dancer because my dad had that CD and we wore that one out. And then shortly after was, um, I believe Rose Hotel came out like 2010, somewhere in there. So we got that and we wore that one out. And then um, was it? Ready for Confetti next. Yeah, like 2013. That one like came that. out, which not a super strong album, um, but lots of nostalgia for me. So I, I don't, I don't think that it's, um, I really don't think it's one of his better albums at all. But I do like to listen to it, and there are some, certainly some good songs on it. Um, but that was my introduction. Was really hearing my dad and Josh play guitar and then later when my dad uh, played that CD all the time, all those CDs. And, and of course I had CDs that were burned to be basically a Robert O'Keefe playlist. I know? had those too. So. Sarah certainly has told me that she has the same memories of you playing Robert O'Keefe songs on guitar, like Corpus Christi Bay or... Whenever kindness fails, yeah. Yeah. yeah, Henry's Henry's dad and I did that a whole lot. Um, My home and in the Hall of Fame. Joel yeah. would say the same. So would Pokey. Um, they would all echo that because that's what we what we did. We would play, and the artists that got played the most were definitely Robert O'Keefe and Tom Petty. Those are the two things we played by far the most the most often, and still will when we when we get together and play those play those things. So. For for me, my introduction to Robert O'Keefe came right after Number Two Live Dinner came out. Uh, at this point, the Lizard was was at Texas A and M. Um, I had been married just less than a year, and Robin and I were living in Nacogdoches. And I don't I don't remember. I, it's really weird. I have just this image of holding the number two live dinner CD in my hand in the parking lot at our apartment in Nacogdoches. Now, I don't know if <laughs> Kenny had come to visit or he had given it to me somewhere else or I, I, don't, I don't know or if he had just told me about it and I got it. I, I, I really don't remember that part of it, but I remember having it in that parking lot. So we were only there for a few months after when it came out. So it would have had to have been very early on. 
that I got my hands on that. And really, honestly, if you want to have a sampling of the answer to to the, the statement, what makes Robert O. King great, just listen to number two live dinner and you'll get everything. You'll get the songwriting, you'll get the the uh, the, the great musicianship, you'll get the, the storytelling, you'll get the live setting. You'll get a sense of how the fans are loving it. Yeah. You'll, you'll know what song. you need to know from listening to that one. So I I always say start start there. And that's that's exactly what I was told. Yeah. That's that's the best thing to do and then you'll know what you're getting. And then the the next thing that I remember and was to broaden my horizons, Kenny gave me and I know he gave me this one. It was a CD of um, bigger piece of sky, which is probably my my favorite Robert O'Keefe album. Although Picnic is extraordinarily close because it's really great, but I always have a soft spot for bigger piece of sky. And Kenny gave me that CD, and I remember we were in Tyler. I have no idea why either one of us was in Tyler, but somehow we met up in Tyler so that he could give me that CD to listen to next. Um, because it was one of, of, of his favorites at the time. And I've, I've loved Robert O'Keefe ever, ever since. Just, there's, there's just nothing more fun than listening to Robert O'Keefe than there is, except maybe going to see Robert O'Keefe and his wonderful band and the smile that is on his face from start to finish. How many times have you seen him in concert? You uh, haven't seen him at all? I am going this summer. Okay. We are going a couple, a couple times. Okay, good. Where, I have, I have where seen are y'all headed? Uh, I'll I'll have to ask Dad. He's got the. But he's got him. Yeah. Okay. Going. Well, that that's that's all that that matters. I'm I'm very excited about seeing him again. I was going to check because I don't remember how many times I've seen him. It's not that many. It's, I have seen him only once myself. It's surprisingly few. That's that is a, a little surprising actually, but. That you've only seen him that many times, but well, he plays. You know, he plays a lot around Central Texas, and that's a little yeah. far. You know, I'd love to have seen him at Green Hall or something like that. So yeah. let's see, Loving More and Lindale in 2017. I haven't seen him since 2017. Wow. Well, the Bomb um, Factory that was the, most, the last time is I the most seen recent, him. and then no, that was 2016. The Bomb Factory is 2016. Yeah, I remember because the election. Yeah, everybody was talking Love about and that. War. You didn't go to Love and War with us and see no, Charlie. I had to work or something. That's right. That's right. And then before that, for me, uh, 2015, Robin and I saw him on July 3rd in Bozier City, and then you go way back to the amphitheater in Mount Enterprise in 2002, and then there was one time we saw him over in Minden. So I've seen him five times. Which is still a, a fairly low number compared to considering he's based here. Yeah, a lot a lot of you listening I know have have, have done well more than that. Uh, so it'll be good. But I'm I, I bought tickets actually for um for September for the last weekend. John T. Gonna, Floors Country Store. Yeah. Yes. That's gonna be so special. I, I they Friday and Saturday, or Saturday and Sunday were sold out, but they added a Thursday show, and so I I jumped in there as soon as they became available and got some tickets to that. I wanted to buy a table, but at ten oh one they were gone. So yeah. anyway, let's let's uh, anything else we need to say about him? I would point out uh, 
that he is a Texas Heritage Songwriters Hall of Famer, a Texas A&M Distinguished Alumni, and uh, or that he has a Distinguished Alumni Award. He is a Distinguished Alumnus. <laughs> okay, thank you. Pet peeve. <laughs> alumnus, alumnae, and alumni do not mean the same thing. <laughs> Sorry. And he's, of course, at the Texas Cowboy Hall of Fame as of 2019. He's our own storyteller, our own poet, poet laureate, the great Robert he's Earl Keane. A, a true troubadour in the sense of he's just a, a great songwriter, him and his guitar, you know, good straight ahead American music, Texas music. And I, I think we're going to be able to demonstrate that well in this episode. You know, he, he has wit. He has sarcasm. He can tell a good story. He can hit you with some misdirection in a few uh, in a few ways. I really do think we'll be able to have fun with this. It's fun music. There's just no other way. Uh, you'll to put laugh it. and you'll cry and you'll be scared, depending on what song it is. And so there's there's all kinds of emotion coming from his music, and it's all just earnest. You know, I think it's all it's authentic. Yeah, it's the kind of music where not only at the end of the song is the character dead, but he's been dismembered as well. <laughs> <laughs> that that may come back up again. Henry, you're the guest. You start. As always, guests first. Well, so pick us. We're going to each pick four songs, by the way, and that will give you 12 Robert Earl King songs to, to listen to and get a feel for why you should love him. If, if I, if I had to pick my favorite Robert O'Keefe song of all time. It would probably be Wild Wind um, for several reasons, but that was already chosen in a previous episode. So, with my was first it? pick... We played a couple of Robert O'Keefe songs in the Texas country. Oh, back in episode five. Yeah. Well, I think this was in the weather one. Oh, it could be that too, yeah. I oh, that remember. was Joel. I think Joel picked that. I think maybe so. But um, that one, that one's one that y'all played a lot. Yes, and, we did, and yeah. that's on my honorable mentions list. I also didn't put it on my list because we played we yeah, played it before. Played it before. But I wouldn't have been upset if we played it again because it's a great song. Yeah. yeah, but I'm gonna go with probably my number two, um, and my that dinner? is well, it is on that. But uh, I'm gonna go with I'm coming home, um, which it's originally on Gringo Honeymoon. Um, it is on live dinner number two, um, but it's just a, it's it shows showcases his writing really well I think, um, and it's just a it's one of one of his feel good songs you know. There's no question that the road goes on forever is his signature song, right. but there are about four others that are sub signature songs or, gotta play. Or, that are right that are right there yeah. and I'm coming home is definitely one of them here's the live version from number 2 live yeah. pack my suitcase I rack my brain I bought a ticket on a late night train Took a taxi through the pouring rain I'm coming home to you Flew from Boston out to San Jose 
sorrow friends in Monterey Bay when they asked me if I'd like to stay I said I'm coming on to you I'm coming home man my mind that's what I'm gonna do can't love nobody on the telephone I'm coming home to you they threw a party there from dust till dawn Seems like everybody knows old Sleepy John He said next time I better bring you along I'm coming home to you They fresh caught salmon on the barbecues There were people jamming to the all-night blues Life is good out in Santa Cruz But I'm coming home I'm coming home Made up my mind That's what I'm gonna do Can't love nobody On the telephone I'm coming home Wherever out to God knows where Come 10.30 there was no one there They couldn't pay me but I didn't care I'm coming on to you I'm feeling better since I got you caught I read it over and over When the road gets hard Ain't nothing better than your own backyard I'm coming home to you That's what I'm gonna do Can't love nobody on the telephone I'm coming home to you I'm coming home Made up my mind That's what I'm gonna do Can't love nobody on the telephone I'm coming home to you Pack my suitcase, I rack my brain Bought a ticket on a late night train Took a taxi through the pouring rain Well, uh, as you just heard, that was I'm, Com I'm Coming Home by Robert O'Keefe. And uh, that's, that's one that certainly got played a lot um, when I was growing up and that it's it showcases the kind of uh the positive side that robert o'keen can have when he's writing because it's not always it's not always good times um in the songs as I'm, I'm sure we'll find out later um but it's yeah it's one that i'm sure he can't go a concert without playing and um it's just a good a good song good gets you up and moving great sentiment and also happens to be the the namesake of the final tour the i'm coming home yeah. tour yeah. and it's sentiment fitting. is a really good a good way to put it um it's anybody whether it's as a musician 
or for whatever reason who spends a lot of of life on uh, on the road or traveling uh, can identify. I'm feeling better since I got your card. I read it over and over when the road gets hard. And my favorite, one of my favorite lines, ain't nothing better than your own backyard. I'm coming home to you. That's the kind of thing yeah. that he writes, it's and the it just embodies the way he can say it. Okay, it's simple what it says, but it says it says more right. than the words say, right. and more than more than what the words say is how you feel, and and we can all identify with that. You know, ain't nothing better than your own backyard. I mean, it's the the songwriting is is um, accessible. You know, he's right. just writing about being on the road and how hard it is. But how nice it is to come home. And for 40 years, and to have cranked out them. I mean, it was really hard for me to select. Uh, I thought, I forgot we only do four songs when there's three of us. It was hard to select four. Uh, I could easily select 20 or 30 for you, and so could these other guys. Well, we could do but, 10 with, yeah. with easy, yeah. with ease. And, but that's a great, that's a great starting place uh, from Henry there with I'm Coming Home. And... Um, yeah, um, that's a that's a great one. I, I knew that that my list was there's going to be lots of overlap, so I figured I better go ahead and, and get the ones that I want to get in. Ah, uh, yes, yeah, that's, yes, that's, that's a good so, strategy. Playing, playing defense is always important. Yes. Yes. <laughs> it is about defense. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so um, I guess we're for clockwise. I'm next. Go ahead. So I'm going to also pick a a live song. To, to play for you. And I'm going to go back to his first live album, just called The Live Album. And it was released in 1988. And there are a bunch of, of really fine, <laughs> fine live performances on, on this album. It was recorded in Dallas at the Sons of Herman Hall. And that's a, that's a special place in Dallas for a lot of reasons. But one is because this album was recorded there and it's sort of a a cult classic texas album it's real early in the texas country movement you know we've we talked on that episode about how really the the height of that movement started in when number two live dinner came out and ran through the early 2000s a five six seven year period and uh but this is this is the very early blueprint and I could really just draw a song out of a hat if you wanted to know who Robert Earl Keane was. But I'll go with one that I think really has it all that I referenced just a minute ago in my quote about uh, the character of the story being dismembered. Let's hear about the Bluegrass Widow. It's been five years come this autumn. She remembers well the day, the day the fever got in. Took him far away Far away my always knowing That the love they shared was true Far away to fiddlers born The grass forever blue It was in the dead of winter When a man first caught the chill And it said he heard the angels singing Cabin on a hill through the springtime he was grown And the good times were passing gone By the summer she was moaning Love, oh, lover, please come home Now she stands out in the midnight In the moonlight all aglow She prays to Carter Stanley Won't you please tell Bill Monroe Rather be in some dark hollow Or some dark, deep, shady grove Than to be a bluegrass widow 
I started listening to bluegrass music and Brian Duckworth's Rust Red 1974 Maverick. Had an 8-track tape deck and 8-track tape of Bill Monroe's greatest hits. We used to skip second period chemistry and go over to the Shamrock Station across the street from the high school and get a case of Texas Pride beer. Charge it on my dad's credit card and get him to write it up as oil so dad never knew the difference. Then we'd ride around and drink Texas Pride Listen to Bill Monroe. Soon we got to be bluegrass experts. And we'd stop in another Shamrock station and get another Texas Pride case, drink that and listen to the Stanley Brothers. And then we'd go get a tape of Jim and Jesse and it was on to the Kentucky Colonels and Mac Wiseman, the New Grass Revival, Peter Rohn. And finally I got the brilliant idea one day to take all the greatest bluegrass song titles in the world and string them together to make this song right here, The Bluegrass Widow. Quite possibly the worst bluegrass song ever written. I did this in tribute to the Front Porch Boys, which was a bluegrass band I was in in College Station, Texas. We're a little four-piece band that played weddings and parties and out on the porch and beer joints. And one weekend on a handful of cheap amphetamines, we decided to go to Crockett, Texas. We entered the International Bluegrass Band Competition and took second place. We could play faster than anybody in the competition. The other two bands took first and third respectively. I met some friends and went off into the night separated from the front porch boys and met back up with them in the cold gray light of dawn as the bluegrass songs say. They were standing underneath a giant pine tree there Crockett singing the rudest, most grotesque, nastiest bluegrass songs you've ever heard in your life. I'm talking about the kind of song where not, a, not only is the character in the song dead by the end of the song, but he's been dismembered as well. And the front porch boy stopped and looked up at me just long enough to say, we're taking bluegrass music where it's never been before. And we're not taking you with us. Cause you don't have that high and lonesome sound that bluegrass music requires. Well, I'm not one to fight failure. I packed up my stuff and left. The front porch boys broke up three days later when they realized that I own the PA system. Miss me when I'm gone, where it's fine words to her, darling, think of what you done, then reply to Knoxville, girl. And the leaves started turning when his mind began to fail, then it broke down in a breakdown, now she wears a long black veil. 
And she stands out in the midnight in the moonlight all aglow. She prays Carter Stanley, won't you please tell Bill Monroe? Rather be in some dark hollow or some dark deep shady grove than to be a bluegrass widow. Oh, oh, oh. And she stands out in the midnight in the moonlight all aglow. She prays Carter Stanley, won't you please tell Bill Monroe? Rather be in some dark holler or some darkly shady grove than to be a bluegrass widow. Man, I love the bluegrass widow. <laughs> Thank y'all. That, that break where he tells the story is a, is a signature Robert Earl Keane thing to have the the music just kind of come down and he'll he'll tell a story about you know being a kid or when he was in high school or out on the road whatever what have you and the story of the front porch boys going out and placing second in the <laughs> in the bluegrass competition while the other bands took first and third respectively is just great there's so many funny things in there and honestly that dialogue there or monologue there has informed our vocabularies every, ever since we, we first heard it. Uh, Kenny and I, in particular, are one to reference a handful of cheap amphetamines, which any time anybody's doing something crazy or, or fast is on a handful of cheap amphetamines. We always reference the high and lonesome sound that bluegrass music requires. <laughs> and I'm not one to fight failure. <laughs> what a way with words for all of that. But it's just, uh, that's a pretty catchy little little number and forever, forever memorialized in a little hall in Dallas, Texas in the mid to late 80s. I have no idea how many people were there that night, but it probably wasn't a ton. It's, he, it's not really a big room, is it? No. I mean, isn't that where we saw Jackie Green yeah, the first Yeah, the first time? time we saw Jackie was at Sons of Herman. That's not a big And that place. is a small room. Yeah. It, it's, a, it's a very small room. and uh, But man, you can record a great live album there. Yeah, and, it's, it's a great sound. <laughs> and, and, he, and he did. It's a classic. Check out the whole thing. But that was The Bluegrass Widow and gives you that high lonesome sound that bluegrass music requires. And just outside of the name, I mean, bluegrass is in the name of the song, but there's a lot of bluegrass influence in his music, especially on this album. There's lots of uh, mandolin and, you know, and everything like that. Well, and, and he even goes on to record a whole bluegrass yes. album later. Yes. Um, so yes. definitely lots. And there, there's lots of mandolin and banjo all over all. Everything, yeah. Too. You even have Marty Stewart playing mandolin on "Bigger Piece of Sky." Yes, that is that is correct. Uh, but for this one, he had the brilliant idea one day to take all the greatest bluegrass song titles in the world and string them together to make this song right here. <laughs> Quite possibly the worst bluegrass song ever written. <laughs> He's not going to get too serious about it. It is interesting though the way the sound will start to change um, after. Um, bigger piece of sky, or really on bigger piece of sky, it starts to. I mean, it's it's very acoustic and folk driven through yes. his output in the '80s, and it's it's really no coincidence that that was about the time that Rich Brotherton joined his band. 
um, came from Georgia and has been his the lead Georgia Fireball. guitar player since all the then. way then, all I the mean, way up till now for, for thirty years now yeah. has has been there and has had a significant influence over over his sound and that needs to that needs to be noted because you'll hear as we move past some of these earlier songs a a, a wide opening up. Of still those things, but a lot more things, well, and, and I think Rich Brotherton has a lot to do with that. I'm sure we're going to explore that. You know, even once you get to Picnic, yeah, the album Picnic, he signs a major label deal, and uh, his sound begins to change even more. It has a slightly more radio friendly tinge to it. Mm-hmm. Not that it was played on the radio that much, I don't think. No, but it still was a slightly more commercial sounding for the country music of that time. It is. It is. But I agree still, with that. it's still Robert Alpine. Yeah. I'm sure we'll that. that. All right, what you got, Jacob? Uh, I'm going to sort of go chronologically with my songs, and if I'm going to choose a number two live dinner song, I'll try to do it, you know, based on when the album was released, that it's originally on. Okay. Let's put it that way. But I want to start with uh, his, uh, what would have been his second studio album, uh, West Textures from 1989. What a cool cool album title that is. Mm -hmm. West Textures. Um, a song that will give you a good laugh and a bit of a misdirection. It's the little things. It's the way you stroke my hair when I lie sleeping. It's the way you tell me things that I don't know. It's the way that you remember I came home Late for dinner, 11 months and 14 days ago. It's the little things, the little bitty things, like the way that you remind me that I've been growing soft. It's the little things. Things. It's little things that piss me off. And it's the note that you leave on the breakfast table with a list of things to help me. Plan my day It's the way you say We could have If you'd done the things You should have It's the little things, darling That make me feel this way It's the little things The little bitty things Like the way that you It's the way you stroke my hair (laughs) while I am sleeping. So you hear that line, you think, okay, maybe this is going to be a really nice, lovey-dovey song. 
It's the little things that I adore about you. <laughs> oh, here's the second line. It's the way you tell me things. I don't know. <laughs> what? 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 Wait a minute. What? <laughs> what, what? What could that mean? That? Well, I mean that 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 could be okay. It could be okay. That could be okay. It could be, could be. It's the way you remember. I came home late for dinner. Uh oh, it's not working out <laughs> for me right now. <laughs> Eleven months and fourteen, and 14 days, days ago. ago. <laughs> That's that's the light of the song yeah. for me. The eleven yeah. months and fourteen days ago. <laughs> and then the chorus. It's the little things that piss me off. Uh, so funny. It's awesome. I I just I, I laugh and laugh every time we, you get to the end of the first chorus. It's like, it's through the through the verse, the first verse and the chorus. You're just going downhill the whole time. Yeah, you, you it's have just you, progressively worse. It's one of those songs, a minor version of, it's a song that sounds really happy and sounds like a good old love song, but listen to the lyrics and you'll be surprised. It's, it's, uh, it's he's good at that. It just shows off his, his wit. And, Sense of humor, all that thing. And the misdirection of it is yeah. hilarious. But who writes, who writes a line like that? <laughs> Very characteristic of, of the turn of phrase sort of that he can use. Yes. Um, so... Did just a quick question? Did anybody else pick another song from West Textures by any chance? Um, I, I mean, I did. Honorable mention. Way, okay, but, but well, it's probably. I won't. Li- it's a great album. I mean, yeah. it's a yeah. great album. But I won't mention some of the highlights. I did just want to point out that that it's the little things is the next to the last song on the album, and it is immediately followed by. One of the loveliest, uh, most heartfelt lyrics yes. he ever wrote in "Love's a word I never throw around." Yeah. When I say I love you to the end, I'm talking about until the day they lay me in the ground. Love's a word I never throw around. Yeah, you beat me yeah. to it. Oh, I, were you going to say that? <laughs> I, I was going to talk about how you know he follows up what sounds like it's going to be a love song with an actual, like, real, genuine song. So yeah, exactly. And this is an album where he's really coming in. He's hitting his stride here because yes. No Kind of Dancer was trying to, in my mind, imitate the neo-traditional country that was out at the time, like yeah. George Strait and all that. Still a good album. But, I mean, here, he starts to develop his sound, which is folk-driven, you know what I mean? Singer-songwriter, in my opinion. He's a balladeer. Yes. A troubadour, like you said. I mean, that's that's a good word for it. And there's a lot of ways that that West Textures and Bigger Piece of Sky are part A and part B. They really go together. And 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 Gringo Honeymoon. Too. Well, and Gringo Honeymoon. That sweet. I mean, those three albums those three are the albums best. Are some his, of the best storytelling that's yes. ever been put down on record. I yes, mean. absolutely. Sure. So that was my first one. Uh, it's the little things. We're off and running. All right. What do you say, Henry? Well, a minute ago we were talking about um, how the when he got Rich Brotherton, how the sound kind of changed, and um, really, really by the time Picnic came around, and Picnic is not really highly regarded um, among his albums, but I think it's one of his strongest. Um, there are several cover songs on that album actually um but that's not the album that i'm gonna go to next um the album i'm gonna go to next is gringo honeymoon um 
and this is this is an example it's it's definitely not a uh happy song like the first one but it it's showcases the writing and it also showcases uh how rich brotherton could kind of change the sound and there's even um an extended guitar solo at the end and this is a lonely feeling from gringo honey <laughs> It's a long stretch of highway at midnight in New Mexico. It's a small colored light that shines from your car radio. It's the old motel owner who sleeps on a car and gives you the very last up from his pot it's a lonely feeling it's what you got it's a lonely feeling like it or not it's a crack in the sidewalk right next to a pay telephone It's someone's recorder when you're hoping that someone is home. It's an hour to kill to do what you please. But nobody's up for just shooting the breeze. It's a lonely feeling. It's like a disease. It's a lonely feeling you pray that it leaves it's three men from chile who are tired and they want to go home they've run out of money and they're stuck up in east oregon so you give them the small bit of change in your hand try to speak Spanish but they don't understand it's a lonely feeling it gets to a man it's a lonely feeling that runs through the land it's your best friend from high school who sees you and wishes you well You try to break through, but you run out of stories to tell. So you bid him goodbye, and you step into space. There's so many questions that you cannot face. It's a lonely feeling taking his place. It's a
heard that song in a long time. I don't know how you're going to cut that eight minutes worth of song for the but obviously we know now because you've heard it, but <laughs> that is a great song. It's, I, I wanted to choose it because it's, it's, you know, it, it showcases the writing, but then you also get the, the solo. I, I don't know if the solo will be in, but the, I'll try, I'll try to, I'll try to fit in there. Even in the, the, the first verse parts of it. Well, the first and second verse, I guess you still hear some of the electric, yes. the fills and things and, very tastefully done. It, it, yeah, yeah, changes yeah. when he gets uh, rich, and I just I really like this song. It's it is like seven and a half minutes long or something. Eight minutes long, I think. Yeah, something like that. Eight minutes yeah. thirty-two. Eight minutes. Yeah, so it's it it's a long one, and the solo is really long at the end. Um, but it's it's a pretty simple song. Um, you know, nothing too complex, but it it speaks to you, you know, it's one of those type songs. And well, sorry, go ahead. No, no, you're good. Uh, the, this is, this is definitely one that, uh, don't play a, a whole, whole lot, but it, when you do, you know, it kind of gets you in the mood. Definitely one of those songs. It really, but the length of the song really adds to the feeling you yeah, get as well. For sure. The, yeah. The Every, multiple verses. Everything about the way it's constructed conveys the message, um, of that, that he's trying to, to get across. It's all these little vignettes of just of just these little scenes. And he says with so few words so very much in describing these things, whether it's the, the migrant workers from Chile or some Chile, excuse me. <laughs> Chile's what you eat for dinner. <laughs> so uh, or or the uh, you know the grandmother or my my favorite the 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 very the very end it's a bus stop a street cop an old dog the new kid a bum it's fright and rejected neglected and blind deaf and dumb and then here's where he brings it together but you look in the mirror and you're still hanging in it's there to remind you how lucky you've been or or then <laughs> that's just great or the verse it's your best friend from high school who sees you and wishes you well you try to break through but you run out of stories to tell so you bid him goodbye and you step into space. There are so many questions that you cannot face. It's a lonely feeling taking his place. It, again, just the lyrics are so relatable. Yeah. It even, I, they they give you they give you real emotion. I don't know how else to say it. Well, and after he says the, what I the, that verse that I quoted for you there, uh, just to remind you how lucky you've been. He says it's a lonely feeling now and again. It's only a feeling. That comes now and then, you know. It's just this. It it, it is very contemplative and and uh, ruminative and that sort of thing. But it's it, it's only now and then, you know. It's yeah. just really but nice. It, but I think it's really great. Only now and then that line comes at the end. Mm-hmm. See, you've already been through the loneliness. Mm-hmm. But now only at the end is it better, and you can look back and say, well, it was only now and again when you felt that yeah. way. Yeah, it certainly reminds me of a time when I was enrolled at Kilgore College and at Panola College. Uh, I was trying to do prerequisite classes to get into nursing school at the time. And I, several days a week, I would go from Longview to Kilgore, and then I would go from Kilgore to Panola in Carthage, and then I would drive home. And it was just basically just me all day by myself. I didn't have any people that I really talked to at either school, and so I was just alone all day. 
so one time I was driving and this song came on and I really I really felt like I identified with the lyrics quite a bit. <laughs> that did it for you. Yeah. <laughs> I, I will say, kind of similar to your story there, is uh, I spent quite a, a lot of time on a bus um, going to different sport sports that I'm in. And this song, especially being eight and a half minutes, when it comes on, I mean, you listen to all eight and a half minutes of it pretty much. And it can get you if, in the mood. There, there's there been times it's been like 1030 at night and that stretch between here and, and White Oak, which is where I go to high school, um, on 31. Mm-hmm. I mean, it can get you a pretty good chunk of the way <laughs> down there, you know. And so you don't really want to listen to it to get up for the game. Yeah, no, no, it's always coming home. back. Yeah, yeah, always coming back. And um, but yeah, and and might I add too, th- this really shows Rich Brotherton is his Mike Campbell. Oh yeah, oh, oh yeah. Yeah. absolutely. I mean, it, it's so right. Certainly not flashy in any way or anything, but serves the song perfectly. And I just I just wanted to showcase both of them in this one song. It, both of those guys, Mike Campbell and Rich Brotherton, could probably play anything, but right, right. they play the right they thing. They serve right. the song. Right. They serve, serve the, the song. song. Absolutely wonderful. Um, so I'll I'll pick one from the other album that I referenced uh, as being perhaps my favorite. A Bigger Piece of Sky uh, was originally released back in, what, 92 or 3? Uh, 93. Has, has since been re-released and with a different song order has a different song order which i have read was the original the originally planned song order that for some reason the cd it's rearranged i don't know why um i don't know if there's a story behind that but regardless the the old order is what i'm used to and so it doesn't sound right on spotify or on vinyl because the songs are in the wrong order <laughs> and that's just that's just the way it's been when you've listened to one thing uh, a certain way for so long. But it's either way, with either song list, this is a one of my favorite Robert O'Keefe story songs. Uh, let's just cut right to it and talk about what he does whenever kindness fails. Desert on a dining car in the spring of '91. I met some people drinking at the bar, they were laughing, having fun. I told them that I hadn't heard the joke that was so hilarious. They said that I was just a dumb capo, I didn't want to make a fuss. So I shot him down one by one Then I left him on the rails I used my gun whenever kindness fails The moon was in the sign of Scorpio The sun was at my back I didn't know how far the train would go Till the law would find my track I saw the brigman and the engineer Drinking wine and eating grease I asked them who would break and who would steer They started pointing back at me So I 
Yeah, what? Just I mean, a all great of these song. were honestly. Yeah, but a great song. This is definitely one that if if I pick up an acoustic guitar, I'm going to get to it pretty quick and pretty early because it's just a it's a fine little chord progression. It's not too fancy, but he hey, I use my gun whenever kindness fails. <laughs> I'll be nice about it. <laughs> so I shot him down one by one, and I left him on the rails. <laughs> I'm so astounded by songwriters in general, but I sometimes all I can say is, who, who who writes a song like that? How do you write a song like that? It's incredible. As much as we obviously love music, and as 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 much as we are in in awe of songwriting, the people that so prolifically write, you know, it doesn't have to be world renowned, world famous stuff. But this is poetry that he writes. I mean, it really is. Western poetry set to music, and I'm just dumbfounded by how many how many volumes of lyrics in this style that he has has come up with. I just I don't know how you do it, and I wish I did. I wish I could do a fraction of it. Yeah, it's certainly when you when you look at uh, how just how many albums and how many songs on these albums are like that that you just have to sit and and wonder you know how can one person write all that and it be that good all of it you know for the most part yeah it's 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 dumbfounding because these 12 that we'll play for you today won't scratch the surface there'll be things that you listener will say how could you leave off whatever and you'll be right but that's whenever kindness fails from a bigger piece of sky 1993 personal favorite i'm also going to stay with that album bigger piece of sky well you can't go wrong sir and uh a song that 
I can't quite uh, pin down. But it certainly makes me feel like, it makes me feel that life is mundane and everybody hates one another. Because they would all just as soon blow you away. <laughs> You take off from work a bit early The boss doesn't care if you stay The guard with the key has to check your ID But he'd just as soon blow you away The cops have stopped ten miles of traffic They're sorry for all the delay No need for alarm as they're waving their arms But they'd just as soon blow you away Two pretty blondes in a Porsche Their bumper says we love L.A. They look pretty fair but they're crazy out there They'd just as soon blow you away You got in some trouble in high school But you feel like a new man today You keep to yourself because anyone else Would just as soon blow you away of the teller She's counting out all of your pay They're 20s and 1s There's guards with their guns They'd just as soon blow you away One old ex-con at the station Fixes flats in the back of the bay He winks and he jokes Their bars of smoke But he'd just as soon blow you away you like the new girl at the hotel She drops your own key in the tray No words will pass through the bulletproof glass And she just as soon blow you Every evening To your room right above the cafe They ain't much mistake But you pay every week Cause they just as soon blow you away You turn out the light that you read by You pray that you're one of the few When you end with the Lord There's just one reward They just as soon make it come true You fall fast asleep where you lay Under the lump there's a 20 gauge pump Cause they just as soon blow you away Oh, I love that song. Yeah. Got the, the mandolin and the folk music. Yeah, absolutely. Back. Very Irish, of course. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I always thought the Charlie's, um, yeah. John O'Reilly. I was about to mention to that this. too. Yeah. Yep. Your mattress, your mattress is mildewed and lumpy, but you fall fast asleep where you lay. 
under the lump, there's a 20 gauge pump because they just soon blow you away. <laughs> it's that fine line of of metaphor and literalness. You know, like where are you know, really maybe. You know, is it just a, is it just an allegory or maybe not? (laughs) This is just make, you're just made to feel like life is mundane when you listen to this song. (laughs) That's all. I I don't know, but I just love the lyrics. You you feel them. You're you're right. There's, there's a mundaneness, mundanity. Mundanity? Mund, <laughs> I don't munda, know. Munda, there, whatever that word is, there's, there's that to it, and it's reinforced by that that repeating chord pattern. Exactly. Just over and over, and it's just, it goes together so well. Life, life goes on, it drags you with it. Mm-hmm. it. Just the way he delivers some of these lyrics, like, um, the cops have stopped 10 miles of traffic. They're sorry for all the delay. (laughs) (laughs) You can really hear it in that road-weary voice. And you can hear it, especially when he does this live, how he delivers some of the lines. Certainly the the arrangement helps the song a lot, too, with the the way the drums come in later, Mm -hmm. and then the mandolin, and it progressively just builds till the end, and then it kind of comes back at the end. So it's, yeah, that's, that's a great one. It's always been a favorite of mine. That. Like I said, you you could you could draw songs out of a hat off that album as yeah. far as I'm concerned. Well, I mean, but really, those those are two two of my favorites, no question. Honestly, West Textures, um, bigger piece of sky, and Ringo Honeymoon. You could just randomly draw them out of a hat. Any of them. Yeah, be good that's songs. that's a fact. That's that, a fact. So that was my second. Do, does anybody else have any more selections from Bigger Piece of Sky? Uh, no, I'm, I have an honorable mention, but I'm. In, yeah, I just I I wanted to mention that if I were going to pick another song from that album, it would probably be "Crazy Cowboy Dream." That, that's, that's just a great one. just such a cool listen. Listen to that, and we would be remiss not to mention, of course, "Corpus Christi Bay," which is also on this album. Another another well played song um, through the childhood. Yes, right. yes, and we're still doing it, even though he didn't write it. Um, Amarillo our, Highway. Our band plays Amarillo Highway, and we. We love that Terry Allen song that we know because of Robert <laughs> Earl. So, uh, very good. All right, Henry, what is this? Number three. Number three. All right, and uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna get off bigger piece. Um, I'm gonna go to Walking Distance, released in 1998, and this this album is is pretty interesting because it's it's uh, kind of a mix of um, kind of the more radio friendly and the country and um there's themes that kind of run through it and everything and and it's it's a really interesting album but i'm gonna go uh to traveling light which is uh i believe one of the first tracks on the album second track it is it's just this is another fun song there you go Nothing to go It ain't exactly what you plan 
Pretty much a sucker for anything that has accordion in it. So uh, I wanted to pick that one. But um, just more great writing. Um, says, well, the last shot's over on a Saturday night. You wake up in the beam of a cop's flashlight. He asks you who you are as if you knew or cared. He asks you where you live and you say nowhere. And uh, the delivery that he uses and everything. And it's just, this is just a great song. One of my favorites. Just remember, Tom Waits said, a gentleman is someone who knows how to play an accordion, but doesn't. <laughs> I do love accordions. So. Let's see. What could this keyboard use? Uh, I don't know. How about a fireplace bellows? There we go. <laughs> it's, it's, it's a good sound. It's a good sound. It, is, it is a wholly unique sound, and to be able to use it, you know, it, it, a wide variety. Obviously, you think of polka, you think of Weird Al, but here we have it on this. And there's even an accordion in a Monkey House song uh, used for a Tango by Yourself. Oh, that's right. Has yes. got an accordion in it. So you never know where that interesting yeah. instrument is, is going to crop up. And uh, I just wonder how somebody invented something like that. Yeah. I, I'm glad that they did. <laughs> but, yeah, this this whole album is I've, I've seen people say that this is kind of like his redheaded stranger in a way because it's kind of it's got like the 
the themes going through it and it's you know, great it's yeah it, it's it's one of my favorite albums this one live albums aside is definitely a top five album um of his for me i'm i'm going to say that this may be controversial i for me i don't I don't think he's made a great album since Gravitational Forces. I think he's made fine albums. But I think Walking Distance and Gravitational Forces, uh, as the century came to an end, are the last of his truly great albums. And I would group, just like we're kind of grouping uh, West Textures, Bigger Piece of Sky, and Gringo Honeymoon together as a three-piece suite, I would do the same thing with Picnic, Walking Distance, and Gravitational Forces. I yeah. agree. I don't, I don't find what you're saying to be controversial at all. No, I, I, I'm not going to say he doesn't have good songs. Certainly has good songs been, on every album. Album-wise, yeah, I, I would yeah. agree with you. That's, that's the, the heart of it. And, and really, though, you're correct that people, there were a lot of traditional fans that kind of balked at Picnic and, I think it's fantastic. Oh, I loved it. It's great. But this album here, Walking Distance, is probably even better. I mean, it is just... The the songs on here... Okay, who else has a song from Walking Distance? I, yeah. I, okay. Only we'll, 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 yeah, I'll we'll wait until we get to it then because there's other things that we need to say about yeah, Walking yeah. Distance. My, my fourth song is from Walking Distance. Okay, so we we'll get we'll get to that then. Okay. So that was uh, Traveling Light, song number two from... Walking Distance in 1998. Man, that has been 24 years ago. 24 years. Good heavens. <laughs> what is happening? <laughs> it's, it all gets away from you <laughs> really quick. Okay, let's... Um, oh, what am I going to do? What am I going to do? Number three for you. Is I that keep, right? Yeah, it is. Um, okay, we've mentioned Picnic a few times. I'll go ahead and, and go there. Here's a great one from Picnic. This is Shades of Grey. We met Oklahoma a little after three. Randy's brother Bob and my old GMC. We had some moonshine whiskey. Some of Bob's all gone. We were so messed up we didn't know. Never did suspect 
story song um, about some kids that steal some cows and are going to drive them up to Kansas and sell them for money from one of their girlfriend's fathers and on the way back they are stopped by uh, what is it cops and helicopters and dogs you know everything they just got the whole the FBI's out for them and they think it's all it's all over and then a, a guy steps out and says, these are just some sorry kids. They ain't the ones. And then he says, it was a morning in late April, Oklahoma, 95. So while they're out being dumb, dumb kids, breaking the law more than just your average standard kid, but still out just being dumb kids, uh, they get caught in the aftermath of the Oklahoma City bombings. And it makes for a, I mean, I, of course, remember the Oklahoma City bombing very well and uh, talking about it on the radio driving over to Kilgore to go to Kilgore College in in 95 I remember remember listing that day and in the following days and and now with the time I, I spend in Oklahoma I've been to the museum in Oklahoma City side note if you make a trip to go to that museum it is it's great um, it's incredible um, great's a weird word to describe it. Uh, it's very moving, <laughs> and it's very thorough. And in Oklahoma, they haven't forgotten about the the federal bombing in '95. 9/11 obviously overtook it, but here's a story song from Robert O'Keen that that references uh, that. And he was wont to talk about those sorts of things and relate them into his own general experience. And so this this kids out doing things like this uh, he mentioned when he was telling a story one time about uh, basically what they would do is just sit around and look at turtles and stuff like that but one day they smoked some pot and then one of the guys showed up with these three trashy girls and they were all older than he and his friends were and the guy said man I'm gonna steal a car you want to go and my friend and me we weren't interested so we watched from the bayou as he went door to door until he found keys to a car then they huffed some gas the girls jumped in with them boom and they ran directly into a telephone pole <laughs> <laughs> 
He said, Whoops. and that was it. They got arrested and we didn't. I knew I didn't want to be around that kind of thing, but I'm still kind of intrigued by that life. <laughs> so there was his experience that was his own kind of shades of gray moment that he was just observing. And so he would go on to observe them in song for the rest of his life. I thought that was a funny story. Um, well, the, the reference to the Oklahoma City bombing was very sly. I mean, if you blink, so to speak, you'll miss it. Yeah. I certainly certainly didn't didn't get the reference until you told me. But then again, I, I was, you know, either not alive or a baby when it happened. So that's one of those things. It just kind of an interesting tie-in at the end of, a, of an already good story song about some dumb kids. I'm, I'm looking at the credits for Picnic. And it does not say who's playing the lead guitar um, on on that track. It's just omitted from everything. The the, the major guitar players on, on the album are Rich Brotherton and, of, cor- of course, the producer, Gurf Morlicks. Um, it sounds like to me to be... A, it sounds like Rich Brotherton. It does to me, too. It's, it's that kind of... It's great. It's great playing. You know? Yeah. I, I, would, I would guess that it is, but it's... I've heard him it's play. So it. Certainly, when he plays it live, it's Rich Brotherton playing it. And yeah, he, he's. I've heard him play it on acoustic and on electric, and it, you know, it's great. It's a great song. Great instrumentation in there. It, it really shows how, um, how that that sound. You know, Jacob was talking about it being a little more on the commercial side, sounding a little polished. But you know, that would have been a straight acoustic song in the '80s if he had written it. Um, oh yeah, and it's you know for Picnic too. It's it's even. It's got more. Well, there's there's certainly, uh, you know, like mandolin and banjo and, and that type of thing across the whole album. But it's it's a little more bluegrass uh, oriented. That specific song. It is, yeah, definitely. The, and yet he's got that electric guitar. Right, in. It's right. it's it's pretty amazing. Um, and it, uh, of course, I, I mentioned it was Gurf Morlicks that um, that pu- that would play the guitar on this album. Was also one of the producers, and. I, I think I've mentioned Gurf Morlicks before, but I do just want to remind you that he released an album with the wonderful title Toad of Titicaca, which is a great, great, great name for an album, and was also the one who wrote Dan Blocker, Dan yeah. Blocker, <laughs> Lauren Green, Michael Landon. <laughs> you need to throw a little bit of that in there so people know what I'm talking about. This guy's he's, he's stroking out over here. It's a bonanza. <laughs> I certainly hadn't thought about that in a while. <laughs> oh, man. All right, Jacob. Well, I'm going to back up a little bit because I want some Gringo Honeymoon. And the version of this song I'm going to play is on number two live dinner. I'll go ahead and say um, it's Gringo Honeymoon, the song, and it is a song that I've always loved from the live dinner. And I'll tell you, this one and several several other songs I have loved, and it turns out they came from Gringo Honeymoon, like Think It Over One Time, for instance. Mm-hmm. Several of them. But yeah. I, I can tell you that it was a while that before I got into the albums, I was listening to the number two live dinner and the other live album for a long time. So by the time it finally came around for me to listen to Gringo Honeymoon, I was surprised because yes. they're so different. The the live cut and the studio cut. They're much faster in the live album. They I are. I was so used to them that it was a bit jarring. 
yeah, I, I to this day find the album Gringo Honeymoon, um, while very strong and excellent, hard to listen to because so number two was what is ingrained on me yes, first. Yes, I think that's Henry's mom's favorite Robert O'Keen album, it Gringo is. Honeymoon, yes. with great reason. It's great songs. So introduce it correctly, if you would. Here we go. This is a Gringo Honeymoon. We were standing on the mountaintop Where the cactus flowers grow I was wishing that the world would stop When you said we better go We took a rowboat across the Rio Grande Captain Pablo was our guide for two dollars and a weathered hand He rode us to the other side And we were dreaming like The end was not in sight And we dreamed all afternoon We asked the world to wait So we could celebrate A gringo honeymoon We stepped out onto the golden sand The sun was high and burning down Rented doggies from an old blind man Saddled up and rode to town Tied a doggies to an ironwood tree By the street where children play we went in the first place we could see Serving cold beer in the shade We were drinking like It was not inside And we drank all afternoon We asked the world to wait So we could celebrate A gringo honeymoon And a cowboy who said that he Was running from the DEA He left his home, his wife and family When he made his getaway We followed him on down the street of dust To his one-room run-down shack he blew a smoke ring and he smiled at us I ain't never going back And we were flying like It was not inside And we sold that afternoon We asked the world the way So we could celebrate A gringo He said there's one last place she should go He took us to the town's best bar He knew a crusty caballero 
who played an old gut string guitar and it sang like Marty Robbins could play like no one I've known for a while we knew that life was good and it was ours to take back home and we were singing Gringo honeymoon We were standing on a mountaintop Where the cactus flowers grow I was wishing that the world would stop When you said We better go Another great storytelling song, packed with with lots of imagery and great details. A true story of he and his wife crossing the Rio Grande into the town of Boquillas del Carmen, Mexico. And just another great song, and clearly uh, a live staple, considering how much the crowd loved it and were screaming the whole time and all that. Everybody knew the words. Even though the album wasn't that old at the time. Everybody loved it. The man had a following. Yes. And still does. We asked the world to wait so we could celebrate a Gringo honeymoon. Yeah. That's, it's just very characteristic of, of his writing as a whole. Um, certainly on showcase there. I think that this is the version that I prefer. The live version compared to the studio version. I think it it just it just flows better, but that that's my opinion. That's just like my opinion, man. The <laughs> just like your opinion, man. That um, that song in particular, it's not. There's still certainly a difference in the live version, but it's not as bad to me as like Think It Over One Time. Oh, it, extreme, you mean? Yeah, extreme. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, Think It Over is really really fast yeah. in the live and, version, and really it's too fast. If the perfect version, exactly. I was just about yeah. to say that the perfect version is in between the tempos of the yeah. two. Certainly. But there you go, Gringo Honeymoon. Oh, there we go. That was a Gringo Honeymoon. That was a Gringo Honeymoon. <laughs> <laughs> All right, around the bend. Well, down to number four. See, originally I had planned to have five, and, and so that, that is my mistake. I told you incorrectly. No, you're good, but. I had to. I really wanted to, to get this one in, and um, I'm gonna go back to picnic. And um, this is one. This 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 is one. I think that sh- it kind of showcases uh, everything pretty well too, the writing and the playing and kind of just different type of song maybe that that he can um write and play and this is from picnic this is over the waterfall yes (laughs) 
fingers into the clouds ran down the concrete hallways pushed through the crowds I watched by the water reach for the sun why did I bother what's done is done and all that's left of me
Orbital King off the album Picnic, and this this one is um, you can tell they're they're kind of trying to go in the the more radio friendly yeah. type. It has move. a very different sound. Yeah, but it's it's still very um, very country and bluegrass. There's you still have mandolin, don't you? Yeah, there's ma- a mandolin, a little mandolin break, um, and it's still it it's it's still the lyrics in this one are not um, strictly like the the kind of country lyrics maybe he would normally have, but they're still great lyrics. Yes. Um, and and I don't know if y'all have seen the the there was a music video for this, and you, it's very obvious he's kind of uncomfortable with the whole kind of trying to be the the radio person, commercial, the commercial. Yeah, I've never it, seen it. It's clear. I haven't either. He's very. Uh, you watch the. It's it's a weird video because it's like lightning flashing mm-hmm. and all the, and and you can tell that he's just not real comfortable with the idea of being this kind of mainstream type, like lip syncing and yeah, he's, he's not comfortable <laughs> with the camera. It's not his thing. But it's a great song. In, I love in the itself. song, and it's it's this it, it kind of it's not exactly. Um, what I I would call representative of Picnic as an album, but it is in that it's different and it's more yeah uh, kind of harder, more maybe alternative. Type. It's it's got a sheen to it. The whole yeah. production of the album that I'm sure. I mean, again, I had only been introduced to him a year before when Picnic came out, so you know, I, it wasn't that shocking to me. But I can imagine if you had spent you know the last 10 12 years with with no kind of dancer and the last you know almost 10 years right. with west textures etc that this would have been really jarring. jarring and you get to a song like this and you basically got rem earl king yeah. going <laughs> and and a little bit of bruce that, hornsby and the robert funny. earl king you know stuff like that yeah. those are good comparisons going, actually. going there you know but um i i liked it immediately and i still i still love the album and it's even though he, we've mentioned it was his major label debut, and he really kind of goes back and forth with wanting to do that. He only put out two albums on Arista, and the other one was Walking Distance, and they're both fine. And Walking, uh, by fine, I mean excellent, it's not very fine. fine. Okay, they're very fine. <laughs> but it, the sheen, it, Picnic is much glossier. And it's what happens when, when, when these guys, and I'm surprised, frankly, it doesn't have retreads from old albums on it because usually when these guys yeah, do that, yeah. Yeah. that's what you get. But he didn't. He brought a whole new new set of songs, and uh, his cover that appears on that album, Fourth of July, is a favorite, uh, a, a favorite and particularly apt because we're recording this on Independence Day. So uh, happy Treason Day, peasants. Let freedom ring. Let the white doves sing. That's somebody else. I know. Martina. I know. I know. I know. <laughs> Had to go there. But yeah, it's even with with Fourth of July. I I didn't pick it because it's a cover. Yeah. Yeah. Um, agreed. But that even even a song like that, it's certainly got the commercialized sound to it. But you can see that he's kind of bringing it back, even yes, in the album. I agree with you. And something like. Um, the coming home of the brother and son is is more um, more country more country yeah he, he's you've got it's a great album and you really can kind of see the whole spectrum because you've got a song like over the waterfall but then you've got these other songs where he's kind of bringing it back and then a year later we get uh walking distance which we'll talk about in a minute 
but it's interesting that that came out only a year later and it was also a major label release and how different they sound as a whole. Well, going back to you know, more to that point, I think this is where a situation where hindsight is, is well, hindsight is twenty twenty. in that I can say certainly in me and Henry's case, uh, we were talking about, we've really referenced six really strong albums from him and two live albums. Well, those were out long before, well, long before you were born and long before right. I knew who Robert Alkeen was. So I could go back and listen to them however I wanted, mm-hmm. and it wasn't as jarring. But you know, certainly if you're if you're a purist, and you've you know certainly certainly like I've expressed how I feel about say Jackie Green's most recent album is that it's not been as good. But that's because I've lived for years with the earlier stuff, so I can understand the point. Um, if if somebody didn't like Robert Earl King's Picnic, if that's all you had to go off of, this would be very different. But yeah, I think it's all good. It's just different. Yeah, and, and even even in my case, even though uh, you know there wasn't like streaming or anything, we literally had the whole catalog. You could listen yeah. to any of it, so I could listen to any of it that I wanted, um, pretty much whenever I wanted, you know. And so it, yeah, it's definitely um, a little different. But I I do think I I certainly think that it's different. Um, but I think it's a great great album, top to bottom. I agree. All right. Um, I have to pick a fourth one. and But but don't worry, because there are going to be some things we need to talk about as far as honorable mentions. Oh, I'm sure there are. Um, I, I want to, just, just to grab something not too far out of this sweet spot, um, it was on my honorable mention list, but it's just a fun song that for some reason I like. Um, I'll mention some of the other ones under honorable mentions, but this is for Farm Fresh Onions. This is called Furnace Fan. We were at the Rhythm Room in Scottsdale, Arizona. It was in the summertime and must have been old too. We got there way too early and we sat around for hours. We loaded in. Smush ball game is through. You can fry an egg out there on the city side. You can fry your bacon and 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 and. I understand why lizards live in sunny Arizona. Why people do and call it home. Spells it out, I'm Uncle Joe. This kid is in the restaurant biz, so he bought us 14 boxes. Chicken strips and ranch style dip and wings from Buffalo. 
turned down in Scottsdale, Arizona. They listened to the stuff we played and sometimes sang along. We finished up, but they wanted more, so we kept right on playing. Played and stayed in the desert shade till we played up every song. It's hotter than a furnace fan out in Arizona. A hundred and ten ain't nothing when you live out there, you see. Stars come out, the scream and shout, hey, it's good to know. If you're going there, you don't mind say hello to me. If you're going there, you don't mind say hello to me. <laughs> I always like that one. It's a fun, it's an opener to Far Fresh Onions and I understand why lizards live in sunny Arizona. My people do and call it home. I'll never understand. <laughs> it's funny. I saw a comedian recently and was talking for some reason about the people that settled Arizona. He's like, come on, honey. I found us a place to live. Well, there's there's probably a lot of water there, isn't there? Nope, not any at all. <laughs> well, there must be a lot of good vegetation. Nope, none. Not anything. No, but there's lots of retirees. <laughs> lots of golf courses. I, I know that from experience. Is the weather at least cool? No. No, it's really, really hot. In fact, it's all desert. It's just desert. All the <laughs> golf courses of, are man-made. <laughs> made me think of this of this song and some of my favorite, we'll call them anti-lyrics. They're not poignant. They're just funny They're fun. to me. You can fry... An egg out there on the city sidewalk. You can fry your bacon and 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 and. <laughs> uh, I, uh, uh, I I love it. It's just just fun, and I I wanted to pick something kind of fun, and I think that one's fun. So, farm fresh onions, furnace fan. Well, I guess we're beginning and ending on a on a more serious lyric, a, um, a good emotional song. We began with I'm Coming Home, and I want to end it with uh, a favorite of mine from uh, from Walking Distance in 1998. This is I'll Be Here For You. Good times come, then they go The rain will fall, the wind will blow Through it all, you gotta know I'll do what I can do To protect you, right or wrong
sky turns gray when the sun goes blind and the moon won't stay i'll be the light to guide your way onto someplace new i'll be here when the crowd is gone the last note fades on the very last song i'll be the road to take you home i'll be here for you it's beautiful beautiful and i'm, I'm a sucker for you know still guitar and mm -hmm. a good guitar solo i don't know if uh, among the country instruments, I'm not sure if I would say steel guitar might be the least used for him. Mandolin would be number one, wouldn't it? I mean, there's all there's, there's fiddle and banjo or, and steel, but I would yeah. say not as much steel as. No, I mean it's. I, I hate to make a generalization on two like live that because yeah. you've got Lloyd Maines there. Yes, you know. I hate to make a generalization like that. I just feel like steel isn't present on right. every on every single thing. Yeah. But one of my favorite instruments for sure. But you know, we we started and ended with a good, with a good emotional feel-good lyric. But as I said at the beginning, we've I hoped that we would run the gamut to show uh, everything that he can do as a songwriter to write funny stuff, to write sarcasm, wit, sure. try to misdirect you a little bit. But you know, somebody who can really can really write anything. 
and it'd be a good song. I just think it's incredible. That's why I love Robert Carpini. Yeah. It's funny. I was looking, uh, just reading a little bit while we were listening there on the critical reception for for this album, for for, um, Walking Distance, which, as I said already, I I consider to be... Wasn't it mixed? It it is mixed. Um, All Music gives it four out of five, and I think that's very apt it's it's not it's not a perfect album but it's it's that next level yet entertainment weekly showing what they know gave it a c plus and their writer could call robert earl king quote a gifted wordsmith an indifferent melodist and a flat-out non-singer <laughs> the funny thing is it reminded me of i think it was tom petty talking about the traveling wilburys and that Roy Orbison was the only singer, and I think Jeff Lynne would have something to say about that, but that he was a singer. The rest of us are stylists. And that's, I understand his point. There is something about the way Robert O'Keefe sings his own music. Um, no one's going to hear it and say, man, what a great voice he has. Yeah, but, but that's not why we listen. It adds so much character. It suits the song. It, it does. There's just something about him singing his lyrics where that, that uh, that that kind of I don't I don't know almost unassuming voice yes does something a lot for a song like this yeah well he's not a singer I mean that's not why that's not what he's known for he's known as being a songwriter a troubadour someone who can who can write and sing his own songs and that you know that's next for me that's next level. Washington Post said few folks are writing narrative songs as good as these. And that's that's it. So there you go. Before uh, before we play you before we play you out with the road goes on forever because that's where we need to end this this thing. Of course, uh, someone said when he announced his retirement from um, from performing earlier this year, the the road goes on forever, but the party ends in September. So <laughs> you've still got just. Two or three more months left, folks. If if you haven't ever seen Robert O'Keefe and you're even slightly a fan, do whatever it takes in these next few weeks to go out and see him. You know, there's there's no guarantee that he'll be one of those guys that comes back and does a one-off concert here and there. He may be one of those guys that says, no, I mean, I'm done and I'm done. And well, if you love him and you've seen him a dozen times, go one more time. Just go one more time. It's hard, it's hard to say what, what he's going to do. Because I assume he would still write and record. He didn't he say says he was he's going that. to. Yeah. But George Strait, you know, said, I'm not touring anymore. I'm still going to record. Uh, but, you know, he's been playing more and more shows. Mm-hmm. Not that he'd ever, not that he would ever tour like he did. Yeah, no, it's not a regular but tour, but there he, are shows. He did a Vegas residency. He's mm-hmm. played all over Texas. I think that he'll come back and play uh, shows here and there. I don't, yeah. I don't see why Maybe not. so. I, I think it's, he'll do... Um, yeah, stuff here and there, and I think he'll probably do like Willie's barbecues and th- things like yeah, that. Yeah, special stuff. Special stuff like Maybe this. people's shows birthdays. Or... It could well be. I, I think. I think. There's one thing I've learned about the music business is if there's money to be made, they're gonna they're gonna try to make it. But um, I, I think awful lot of cynicism back. for a 16 year old. <laughs> well, well, I, I think I. A little bit jaded over there, aren't you? Wow. <laughs> I can see him coming back in some way or another. I, it, it, absolutely, I could, but it's speculation. It's what we're what we're thinking, certainly what we're hoping. But don't miss your opportunities, uh, folks. Get out there 
and go see go see the Texas Troubadour one more time and and to hear hear what he has to say and leave with a smile on your face. Henry, what songs did you pick? Recap your list. So I started with I'm Coming Home um, from Gringo Honeymoon uh, or Live Dinner Number 2. Uh, then I went to Lonely Feeling from Gringo Honeymoon. Uh, went from there to Traveling Light um, off Walking Distance. And then I ended with Over the Waterfall off of Picnic. Mighty wonderful. I selected the Bluegrass Widow from the live album. Whenever Kindness Fails from um, Bigger Piece of Sky. Shades of Grey from Picnic, which I forgot to mention has a phrase in it that we also have in our vernacular pretty heavily, and that's some of Bob's homegrown. Anytime <laughs> somebody's acting the fool, they've been on some of Bob's homegrown. <laughs> and I finished up with Furnace Fan. Hotter to Furnace Fan out in Arizona from Farm Fresh Onions. Well, I started with It's the Little Things from West Textures in 89, Blow You Away from Bigger Pieces Sky, Gringo Honeymoon, the number two live dinner version, but recorded on his album Gringo Honeymoon, and then I ended with I'll Be Here For You on Walking Distance from 1998. But there are a couple of songs we need to talk about. Yeah, we need to throw around some honorable mentions. It seems that... In all of our, we were all hesitant to talk about the biggest songs. Because there's two really, really, really big songs that we simply have to mention in this conversation. Sure. And for me, I would say that's The Road Goes On Forever, of course. His signature song, and then also Merry Christmas from the Family, which are huge live favorites. Did we play Merry Christmas from the Family in our Christmas episode? I th- Surely we did. Surely we did, yes. we've done two Christmas episodes. Q Joel taking gripping because we don't have a, a list yes, to refer to. I don't, I don't know. Sure, sure that we did. I would say up don't, there with don't call those. Me Shirley. Up there with uh, those two as well, you have to put Feeling Good Again. Yeah, too. that, yeah, yeah, that needs one. To be, that, yeah. was, that was what I was going to mention when I was talking about Walking Distance. You're 100% right. Yeah. I, I, would, I had several honorable mentions that I I, uh, I didn't choose Rose Hotel off Rose Hotel because it's that one's more just a personal favorite um, for me. Um, Hello, New Orleans off Gravitational Forces is a great song. Um, Far, from Farm Fresh Onions, Let the Music Play, and All I Have Is Today, two great songs. Um, Billy Gray and New Life in Old Mexico from Walking Distance are both great. Let me, uh, let me step in right there and just say that that whole section on Walking Distance the suite of, of songs, which is Road to No Return, Carolina, Life in, New Life in Old Mexico, uh, Still Without You, and Road, Road to No Return Again. That suite of songs is absolutely brilliant. Yeah, it is. And it is on my, certainly, I, I couldn't figure out a way to play. I mean, I, I can't play yeah. 20 minutes of, uh, of the, go listen to those, because it, to me, that is a, a crowning achievement in yeah. his catalog, that, that and is, unquestionably one of my favorites. That is his Abbey Road Side 2 medley moment, that yeah. one. I think we would need to talk about also Barbecue from Gringo I, that Honeymoon. Was, that was on my list as And well. Dreadful Selfish Crime from Gringo Honeymoon, as well as, I mean, we could go on and on and on, really. Yeah. But that Bucking song, that's a funny one. From Walking Distance. 
here I was looking for something and I didn't hear everything y'all said. I so if I repeat, I apologize. But I'm definitely going to add "If I Were King" from the live album, which is a oh, favorite yes. one of mine. Yes. And I'm going to add um, two two more that near as I can tell, he wrote, but I've never heard anywhere other than on number two live dinner, and that's "I'm Going to Town" and "When the Blue Bonnets Bloom." Yeah. I really love "When the Blue Bonnets Bloom." And then back once more, one more time to walking distance opens with uh, down that dusty trail, which I really like and have always been fond of uh, since first hearing it. So interesting um, that I don't think any of us had anything off no kind of dancer. If I'm not well, mistaken. we didn't mention the front porch song. Well, true. oh, that that is <laughs> that's a problem. Yeah, we need to mention that. that that's that's a problem. Uh, we we sort of get into these why you should loves, and we kind of turn them sometimes into deep cuts. Um, and representative things, and then we miss something like the front porch song. Um, anybody want to want to cover that in brief? Uh, I mean, this old porch is just a steaming, greasy plate of enchiladas with lots of cheese and onions and a guacamole salad. And you can get it where? At the LaSalle Hotel. Hotel. Left a quarter yeah. tip on that ten dollar bill. <laughs> of course, Not much written, of a tip. Written with uh, with La Love It at Texas A&M and they both have versions that are really very different considering they both wrote the, you know, they wrote the song together but referencing the front porch they used to hang out on mm-hmm. and people watch didn't they uh-huh give them something to talk about on their way to Luby's <laughs> rip. rip and I rip will say <laughs> There's a, of course, there's another one from that story that I like to say sometimes, which is when I need some assistance, which is Robert, Robert Keane, Keane, Robert, Robert Keane. Keane. Can you help me for a minute? <laughs> Definitely the front porch song. Really, if you're gonna if you're gonna talk about signature songs, it's the front porch song. It's Merry Christmas from the family, and obviously the road goes on forever and the party never ends, which we'll play on your way out. Um, any parting thoughts uh, before we do? Well, I think it was uh, quite a. Quite a fun episode 35, if you can believe we're already on episode 35. We'd have been there a lot sooner if we hadn't had things slowing us down. That's but true. Glad to, be, glad to be back with y'all and some semi-regular output of marginal content, for but our, excellent guests. For our second <laughs> episode back, I think it went well, and it was great to have Henry with us. Good We've be been here. talking about having him on for quite a few months now. So I think it won't be the last time. No, thanks for coming along, young man. I'm sure we'll we'll have you back. And until then, I'm Josh. I'm Henry. I'm Jacob. And this is Somebody, Somebody Else's, Else's Favorite, Favorite Songs. Now, here's Robert Earl Keene Jr. She was a waitress, the only joy in town. She had a reputation as a girl who'd been around at the midnight, a brand new pack of six A fresh one hanging from her lips And a beer between her legs She'd ride down to the river And meet with all her friends The road goes on forever And the party never ends Sonny was a loner He was older than the rest He was going in the Navy But he couldn't pass the test So he hung around town He sold a little pot The law called when Sonny and one day he got caught But he was back in business When they set him free again The road goes on forever The party never ends 
Last Sunday's playing eight ball at the joint where she works For some drunken out of town and put his hand up Cher's skirt Sonny took his pool cue, laid the drunk out on the floor Stuffed a dollar in a tip jar and he walked on out the door She's running right behind him, reaching for his hand The road goes on forever and the party never ends Miami Beach, they got a hotel by the water and a quart of Bombay gin. The road goes on forever and the party never ends. They soon ran out of money, but Sonny knew a man who knew some Cuban refugees at Delta Cotton Sonny met the Cubans at a house just off the roof with a briefcase full of money and a pistol in his boot. The cards are on the table when the law came busting in. And the party never ends. The Cubans grabbed the goodies and Sonny grabbed the jack. He broke the bathroom window and climbed on out the back. Sherry drove the pickup through the alley on the side where a long man tackled Sonny and was reading him his rights. She stepped into the alley with a single shot for ten. The road goes on forever and the party never ends. This practice segment, Henry, you must tell me your favorite Eagles song and why. No such thing. No, yeah, such, no thing. such thing. That's a John Mayer song. Uh, <laughs> Wouldn't know that either. I don't know. Where did... Just pick one that it, you really like and tell us about it. I really like all of them. Well, the that's part. not possible. But, but They're not all good, so you can't like all of them. <laughs> I don't know. See, see, see. This is what this is what you're gonna do. You're gonna use this with the footage from the last time 
No, I, and it's I, gonna be. It's I, gonna make me. I just wanted to give you something to talk about. No, the, and it wasn't love, so I'm giving you something else to talk no. about. <laughs> Thanks, Eileen. <laughs> Come no, on, not Eileen. Bonnie. Bonnie. Sorry. I don't know. I, depends on the mood. I, I can tell you that. Okay, so most of them are Glenn songs. Interesting. So you're on more on the country rock side. Yeah, I would have to say. Josh, cut in for a second. That's the right answer. I mean, if you if you I mean if you have to listen to the Eagles, I don't know. See, I like, <laughs> but I like Don Henley's songs too. I, like I do. Songs it's too. not that I don't. I just you said favorites. That's true. That's true. So and and and, and uh, you're you're the big. I can't tell you why, fan, right? Oh, I love and that I'm song. I'm there too. And no that, yeah. that probably could be. That's an easy top five Eagles song for me, anyway. Yes, it's, some of the worst drummings on a radio hit yes, ever. Yes, yeah. yes, but, but I, 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 this, I just love the Glenn the song. or not. Peaceful Easy Feeling is one of the biggest piece of crap songs in the history of ever. That is a crappy song, my opinion. <laughs> I mean, there are worse songs. Surely there's there are worse songs. songs. Have you well, listened there's to the, always the top worse 10 songs. Right now? Do what? Have you listen to the top ten right now? Which top ten? Any of them. The top ten. Any of them. As but, in like the Billboard charts or, yeah. oh, or the Spotify well, charts. Yeah, so any of those could be, I suppose, probably. Much I still, worse. I hate Peaceful Easy Feeling. I don't, I don't, it's it's <laughs> I, not I their best it. song. I hate it. It's not their best song. It's not what, the best I mean, Glenn what song. You, what you really have is two distinct eras of, of Eagles. True, very, pretty much. Very heavy on country rock at the beginning and then... Progressing more and more pop towards the end, pop for the time. So we shall we say, until they both had their solo careers, Don Henley just kind of kept on how the Eagles were going. Glenn Fry had a. I, I really like the both of them, but I liked Glenn's solo career. I, I'm not. I, I I'm not too, very although, familiar with either. Of them. Although the end of the Innocence is a great album. Yeah. I mean, it was all over the place when I was in about. Yeah. It was, it, Junior in high school, maybe. By the way, this is so telling, the fact that Don Henley, I don't think, played the drums on that album no. at all. No. So, <laughs> like, not hey, on the hits. You want to make good music? Okay, you go over there and sing. Hey, Ringo Starr uh, played drums on his albums. Of course he does. I'm sure Phil Collins did, too. Yeah. But who didn't? Don Henley did not. It's because he's a terrible drummer. <laughs> <Yeah>. Terrible, <laughs> terrible drummer. I love saying this. I do, too. It's true. It, I, wouldn't, I don't disagree with you. I wasn't. I wouldn't. I wouldn't hit on it so much if he wasn't such a douchebag. But well, he's such true. a douchebag. He, he really is a jerk. <laughs> true. He really is. Yeah, you can't defend that. Can't and I guess Glenn Fry was too in his own way, but not the same way. It was a whole yeah. different kind. Yeah. It was mostly a cut Don Felder out of it <laughs> kind of a way. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Why are we talking about the Eagles? <laughs> because I wanted outtakes and because I wanted a sound check. 